Hello and welcome to Canon Rinse Sound of Play 124. Wednesday in Sound of Play, we bring you some of our and your favorite pieces from the mini video game soundtracks we've enjoyed over the decades. Joining me, Ryan Heyman, in Sound of Play 124 is our friend from the Canaan Stable, Carl Moon. Hey guys. That uh, opening track that we heard coming into the show is a familiar one to probably anyone who's existed on the uh, wider internet space probably about 10, 15 years ago when that was kind of like a popular proto-internet meme. Back then we were calling them fads, but uh, it's taken on that that name over the years. But that's not why I want to share this music. I want to kind of say that up front that, uh, yes, this was an internet meme for a while, but I also just wanted to highlight that this is actually a really cool piece of music. Now, this is the opening, the introduction to Zero Wing. This was composed by Tatsuka Uemura, Toshiaki Tomasawa, and Masahiro Yuge. And uh, this was a game that was put out for the arcade, the Mega Drive, and the PC Engine back in 1989. And I've not played much of the game myself, but I've always really liked this song. It starts off with this really movie-like instrumental piece at the beginning that kind of sets the tension and the tone for this uh, communication between the bad guys and the good guys is setting this threatening tone for the game. And then it busts out into this great like screaming guitar piece. I mean, obviously not real guitars. This was like Mega Drive days back then, but it's really cool. It's really rocking and it uh, definitely kind of gets you a little pumped up. So... (laughs) I like that. Carl, you're a little bit older than I am. Did you play uh, Zero Wing when that was a thing? Surprisingly, no, I haven't played it. Um, I was an arcade child. I was brought up by the seaside north and south, and we had countless numbers of Taito arcade cabinets, and I 
genuinely can't ever remember seeing a Zero Wing. Uh, I've certainly never played it. I've played a lot of other title games, but not this one. Yeah, and of course, as I've referenced earlier, it's most famous now for its um, very poorly translated dialogue in the opening cutscenes, where the uh, still frequently referenced All Your Base Are Belong to Us line came from. Uh, but, you know, the game in and of itself, from what I've heard, uh, is one of the kind of early, yes, really revolutionary titles in that genre and is uh, probably worth looking back on just for the sake of the uh, the game and uh, certainly the soundtrack as well. So I wanted to highlight that. And uh, today we're actually going to be hearing a few introduction themes and main themes throughout the show. It's not a theme show. I've got some other stuff in here as well. But I know that, uh, Carl, you're on your, um, your main theme kick right now. So uh, what inspired you to stick to this theme as you were selecting your music? Usually when I'm playing the music that I've got on my PC, when I've got a range of video game music, it'll go by album. So it'll always play the first track and that gets me interested. And then I'll, rather than continue with the soundtrack, I'll play the next game. So it's constantly like track one, track one, track one. And this is how I'm constantly hitting the main themes. And... <laughs> You know, more more often than not, the the main theme uh, is quite distinctive from the rest of the things that are on the soundtracks. Yeah. The thing that really swung it is I'd promised myself that the next time that was going to be on Sound of Play, I was picking this next track, um, and mm-hmm. it just it just made sense given that this was the main theme from that game. So I went on and I thought, well, I'll, I always like to keep a pattern between my things when I'm on this show. So I've gone for mm-hmm. uh, three main themes, all titled main theme. Yeah, now this one is from a uh, early PlayStation 4, I want to say arcade release, but that's not really the terminology that they use, but you you know what I mean. Uh, like a downloadable only game, but uh, one that I think was, uh, it went over well with audiences. Now, the game itself, Resogun, is a very arcadey type of game, so I wasn't expecting something as kind of grand and bombastic as, as this. Yeah, so I'm a bit of a sucker for a bombastic theme. Yeah. Uh... <laughs> It's, as long as it as long as it gives me the feels and, yeah. and makes the hair stand up sort of on the back of my neck and my arms uh, as as something a little powerful, then immediately has me interested in the game. So yeah, the Resogun was a launch game for the PS4. If memory serves me correct, it was free for those who picked up the PS4s at launch. Yeah, maybe it was a PlayStation Plus thing. I don't yes. remember. Yes, yeah, that's right. It was PS Plus on that month for PS4 users. Um, so. Obviously, the, with the PS Plus being required to play online now, it was it was really mm-hmm. sort of the introduction to the, the the new way that that system was going to work on the PS4. Their previous game was Super Stardust HD uh, on the PS3, which was a relatively big hit. And and Housemark, a company that have made these brilliant shooters or twin stick shooters uh, for for numerous years, and and sadly. In, in the last month or so, I had to put a statement out that they just simply didn't make enough money back off Next Machina, which they released this year, which was a brilliant game, by the way. Buy it. For those who haven't, buy it, because it is well worth supporting. But Resogun was something that I would have picked up anyway, but the the fact that it was free and I played it, and I, it, it won me over from the moment that I heard this theme, and to this day, it's still one of my very favourite PS4 games. And it's this is a theme that I listen to a lot in, in my... Uh, catalog of video game music this is one of the most played uh, uh, of them all it's it's the slow build the the heavy notes the the real sort of science fiction feel to it that that always wins me over with music i adore science fiction and titled main theme by uh, ari pulkinen the in-house musician from housemark in scandinavia released in 2013 uh, i personally think that this is an absolute gem of a main theme 
This next track is a request from the forum. This comes from Stanshaw, who says, Demo is made by the folk who did Voez, which I enjoyed, though much of the music was too frantic and trancy for my tastes. This is much more piano-based, and everything so far is very pretty indeed. This is my favorite, Dream. It reminds me of a cross between the soundtracks from Amelie and Merry Christmas, Mr. Lawrence. It's very sentimental and nostalgic, and it goes straight for the heart. I've probably listened to it 30 times this evening. Yeah, that's nice. It's, uh, I, I do like Voez a lot, as uh, Stanshaw mentioned there, and so I'm interested in keeping up with whatever this company is doing. It's, Voez was a very surprising release. I wasn't expecting. Uh, it was something that was uh, free to play on the iPhone, and then they put out a paid version on Switch this year, which included all of the DLC tracks up into the future as well, so that as they continue to produce more tracks for Voez, those will be patched into, for no additional cost, into the uh, Switch version of the game. And I like that one. I've talked about that one many times on here before, so I won't go into... Uh, Voez, but um, yeah, this piece of music that Stanchal's requested is very kind of light, airy, uh, dreamy. It complements the art style of the game well, and I don't really know how to describe it. It's very kind of painterly, uh, so you can uh, Google that if you're curious as to this game. Uh, Demo is spelled D-E-E-M-O. Yeah, I think that you will enjoy this track. switching gears here again uh, coming back with a very different song this is another one of your main themes carl why don't you introduce this one so this is main theme for uh, by chris tilton mm-hmm. uh, from the game assassin's creed unity which you love it or hate it uh, it's certainly quite <laughs> a notorious title at its launch yeah. and in my opinion is genuinely nowhere near as bad as people make out 
post patches. I think it's actually quite a good one. But for mm. as much as I like the Assassin's Creed games, I am a fan. I think they've consistently had some really good scores through numerous different mm. artists. I mean, Jesper Kidd did a great right. job with the the first ones. We've had his music here on Sound of Play before. We've had the Assassin's Creed 2 uh, Brotherhood, I believe, on here mm. before. And this still utilises some of the same familiar note patterns from the main themes that we've heard in Assassin's Creed in the past. But the reason I love this, and this is my favourite of all the Assassin's Creed main themes, it reminds me a lot of Vangelis's Blade Runner theme. And that's huge mm. because if anyone who's listened to the Blade Runner podcast that we recorded for Sound of Play knows, that we recorded for Kane Rince, sorry, knows that Blade Runner is my all-time favourite movie and I love that score. And just to hear those familiar sort of the jangles and the the, the, the high notes and the, the kind of oddly placed bits of music that work so well in Vangelis's score... In, in something like Assassin's Creed Unity and that main theme completely surprised me. It, it, I did not see it coming. Uh, it, it flows really well with the song from, you know, it's soft, uh, gets a bit bombastic, reduces down, and then all of a sudden you just get a really clear science fiction element. Like I say, I just did not see it coming when I was listening to the score and upon playing the game, I've, I've just absolutely fallen in love with, with Chris Tilton's work on this. Um, I'm, I'm not overly familiar with his work, but he's very well versed in TV and Hollywood. He's worked on J.J. Abrams projects uh, with, is it Michael Giacchino, the, the composer? Yeah, he works with J.J. Abrams a lot. Yeah, Michael Giacchino did the main score from the Call of Duty games, which we've just covered, Call of Duty, the very first one on Kanan Rince, recorded this week, in fact. To see that these are the people that he's worked with, but he's not necessarily known as a huge composer in the video games industry was really interesting and perhaps that's why it felt so different to other video game themes and was so clearly influenced by the Blade Runner score. I, I just think that this is a really, really wonderful theme. Yeah, this is surprising because the music leans into the more kind of sci-fi aspect of the Assassin's Creed story instead of, you know, the time period of uh, revolutionary France, which this one is set in. And on uh, on one hand, I mean, it is good music but it's it's a strange choice because i think at this point they were starting to pretty heavily shift away from the sci-fi aspect yes. of the series like it was still there but it's it's kind of surprising to hear that that still kind of leads the musical direction as opposed to something more period appropriate yeah it's absolutely you expect to hear something that that was appropriate to the topic of the game and there's just nothing there that, that rings of being French, French-inspired. I mean, you know, Stanshall mentioned the Amelie theme track, uh, uh, the, the score by Jan Thiersen, which mm -hmm. you listen to it is unquestionably French yeah. when you hear it. And there's just not, not an inkling of that in the Assassin's Creed Unity score. Unusual, but I appreciate it because I think it's a great piece of music. But absolutely, it was odd that it leaned on that, that science fiction element of the game and, and without going into too much of it because this isn't Kane and Rince and we don't want to spoil yeah. it for anyone who's not played the series and intends to. Uh, it's something that right up until Assassin's Creed 3 was the core backing story was the science fiction and less so with this, but this sounds the most inspired by science fiction of all the Assassin's Creed scores. Yeah, it's interesting. They scrub a lot of the set dressing out of this particular game. I mean, it looks beautiful. Like, I love... 
the way that this game builds the city out. I think they were trying something different with the natural light. Like the sunlight looks a lot more natural and pure in this game than it does in pretty much any other game that I've played. It kind of almost blows out the camera a little bit. Like it's a little too strong, but it has like a distinctly different quality than indoor lights. That's just like a little thing that's always bugged me about video games. Like it always looks like everything's being lit by indoor lights, even when you're out in these big sunny fields. So I I appreciated that in this game. Other than this amazing setting which they built, I was disappointed and I've complained about this numerous times before, so excuse me for repeating myself, that (laughs) almost every character in the game had a British accent, which is which is weird. Because like in all of the other Assassin's Creed games, they have like roughly regionally appropriate accents. But in the ones set in France, by Ubisoft, which is uh, I don't know if it's a French company necessarily, yes, but they have many French uh, located. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they should be on top of French accents, uh, you know, in their one game set in France. So, eh, whatever. I'm not going <laughs> to not gonna let it get to me. I'm going to hold that grudge. But uh, I've been playing uh, Assassin's Creed Origins lately. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm not been the biggest Assassin's Creed fan in the past, but I always do appreciate the environments and... Uh, uh, it's just it's so nice to walk through this beautifully realized world of 100 years pre-BC Egypt and uh, getting to go over the sandy dunes and climb up the pyramids and stuff and just look out over all these cities. And that's really the magical part of Assassin's Creed for me is like just going to these different places, seeing these things. And I feel like I'm learning a lot, too. Like the cities in um, Egypt in Origins are more... Um, in line with what I would expect from Greek or Roman yeah. cities. Like it just looks like not anything that I would have ever associated with Egypt. And I guess that's because all of the Egypt stories that I encounter, mummy stories and Moses stories and all of these, uh, you know, ancient Egyptian empire and stuff like that all comes from like millennia before yes. the <laughs> you know, BC AD crossover. And so it's interesting to see this same Egypt, still powerful, but like closer to the modern age, past the time when people are usually telling stories about this particular part of the world. It's really cool. And I feel like I'm learning a lot. <laughs> I, I think I've always felt like the, the sound design, um, in particular in the Assassin's Creed games, has been impressive mm. in that you can stand still and sort of envelop yourself in the things that are going on around you. Origins does it. Uh, Unity does it really nicely, uh, other than the accents. And uh, the one in the middle, Assassin's Creed Syndicate, uh, is maybe the best example of it all. Mm, And I actually recorded the audio for that for a a Christmas or New Year's special that we recorded for Sound of Play a couple of years ago. Um, Yeah, yeah. In that right in the background. So, yeah, yeah, that was a prime, perfect game for that. (laughs) Well, we've been talking around this uh, long enough. Let's listen to a little bit of music from Assassin's Creed Unity. This is the main theme by Chris Tilton. Thank you. 
This next track is another request, this time from Twitter, coming from Rob Hull, who, unless we've made an error in our note-keeping, which is entirely possible, and we apologize if that's the case, uh, it seems like Rob did not uh, include any description to go along with it, which is just fine. You absolutely don't have to. It's not a requirement. Sometimes people have things to say about the track. Sometimes they just want to play the music and let the music speak for itself. And so what this is, is... A, a song called Kipper Watching, composed by Richard Joseph from The Aquatic Games, which is an old, you know, Amiga, Super NES, Mega Drive game that I've not even really heard of before. So this is entirely new to me. Published by EA, not the sound you would typically associate with EA these days, but it's a jaunty little uh, early video gamey tune. It'll make you smile, I think. <laughs> Carl, what do you make of this one? Do you have any recollection of the Aquatic Games? I do. I've played it. Oh, well, there you go. Well, take it away. <laughs> yeah, I was, I was a huge Amiga Games player. Oh, this was a uh, James Pond game, wasn't it? Yes. Oh, okay. Right. Well, why don't you give a little background on what this one was? I, I have very little recollection of what it's like to play. Mm -hmm. I didn't even click on what it was until I heard the music and it was that sort of, this is familiar, this is familiar. And then <laughs> I would go and I'd watch a, a YouTube video. I'd be like, I definitely played this back in the day. <laughs> my memory of this game is going to my friend's house. He was a couple of streets away. He used to live above an antique shop. Uh, that's completely irrelevant to the story. It's just, that's who it was. And we would go and we'd play the games at the time. So we'd play like Robocop and, and these really cool Amiga games. But then we'd play Robocard, the James Pond games, the Aquatic games was, mm -hmm. was a perfect example. And we would just we would just play it. It was just a really nice time. I was only eight years old when this was released. Uh, so I would have been eight or nine when I played it. Immediately pulled back to, to my youth when I heard this theme and it, it just made me smile so much. Uh, it, was, it was a wonderful surprise, so thank you, Rob. Well, the very nostalgic Kipper watching from the Aquatic Games. This next track is a very recent one from uh, within the last couple months or so, um, from a very big release. Uh, we've all played a lot of Mario Odyssey on the Kane and Rince team. Not all of us, but, you know, a, a yeah, good number of, of us. us. <laughs> <laughs> kind of the standout level from this game, as the reviews have mentioned and as uh, word of mouth has dictated, is New Donk City. And so what I am bringing forward is the daytime theme from the New Donk City stage, just because it's such a, a joyful and well-composed tune. It's kind of the essence of good modern video game music. <laughs> As a strong leading melody, it's got 
a really punchy instrumentation, and it's a lot of fun to listen to. This track is interesting because, you know, as we were going through the Sonic the Hedgehog specials back in Sounds of Play 110 and 120, we noted how many of those Sonic games clearly took influence from Mario games. Sonic Lost World and Sonic Colors seem to draw pretty heavily from the sound of the Mario Galaxy soundtrack. And, you know, there are, there are little parallels between those two franchises uh, over the years. But in this case, for this particular song, I feel almost like, like this feels more like a Sonic song than it does a Mario song. And uh, no, it's not like, not not early 2000s butt rock. That's not what I'm saying. It's... Uh, <laughs> This sound sounds like something that would be in Sonic Unleashed or something like that, as I've listened to more of that soundtrack in preparation for those Sonic shows <laughs> and just because I really ended up liking that soundtrack after listening to it. So yeah, Sonic music in a, in a Mario game, so to speak, but it's a wonderful song. I, I really do like this one. Carl, what do you make of this particular track? I never put the connection to it sounding like a Sonic track, mm -hmm. but since you've mentioned it, I absolutely see that because I listened through the, the, the Sonic special. It's not always good, but uh, thankfully this has that little Nintendo twist. And I think, you know, I think if Koji Kondo sticks at this thing, he could be a really good composer. Uh, so <laughs> it makes me smile having you yeah. mentioned the, the Sonic connection because it can't be unheard. It, it yeah, there is a distinctive tinge that that's not pure Nintendo. There's something mm -hmm. else there, and I say, yeah, it definitely is a bit of a different sound from Nintendo. It's a, it is a nice track, and I just can't wait to play the game. Yeah, I would really like to encourage everyone to listen through the Sonic Unleashed soundtrack in particular, uh, because as I was doing the research for those Sonic shows, that soundtrack just stood out to me as being like a really special, really strong soundtrack that I. Uh, hadn't even really like I'd, I'd heard of the game but I'd never heard anything about the soundtrack before and I was surprised by how strong it was yeah. and I, I kind of I don't want it to just fade back into obscurity like you know do yourself a favor just go and uh, search it on YouTube or something or track down a copy of the soundtrack somehow it's a little difficult to come by if you want to purchase it but it's um, not undoable Highly recommended by me, but until then, this wonderful piece from Super Mario Odyssey, I think will keep you more than satisfied. It's a wonderful jaunty tune, and I think you'll like it a lot. This is New Donk City Daytime, composed by Naoto Kubo, Shiho Fuji, and Koji Kondo. <laughs>
next track is from an email we got from uh, one of the listeners. This comes from Allison Sharpless, who says, My two biggest hobbies are gaming and playing classical piano. So on the occasion that the two combine, I get extremely excited. I was listening to the soundtrack for Fez by Disasterpiece the first time recently, and when I got to the track Continuum, I froze and shivers went through my body as I realized it is essentially an electronic interpretation of Frederick Chopin's haunting prelude in E minor. After listening to some of his other music, it seems that Disasterpiece sometimes takes influence from classical music, and I think it's fascinating that he can apply it to the medium of video games. That's a cool distinction there. Classical music has a long history with uh, video games, um, not only because the aforementioned Chopin has starred in his own anime RPG for some weird reason uh, in Eternal Sonata, which I uh, I don't know if we've talked about that on Kane and Rinse. Maybe. Probably not, not though. No, not yeah, yet. Okay. Eternal Sonata, Xbox 360. I'd say check it out if you like the like tales of games. It's pretty fun. I enjoyed it anyways. Uh, but um, also a lot of early arcade games and uh, NES titles were backed by classical music, I, probably because it was in the public domain <laughs> at that point more than anything. But uh, yeah, you'd hear Beethoven and, and stuff ringing through the arcade halls back in the old days. Yeah, I think it's something that with disaster pieces, tracks in general, there's, there's, mm-hmm. it tends to hark back to the arcades, uh, that, that very electronic sound. So um, th- there's definitely a similarity there. And I, I really like the score. To Fez, I, I like Disaster Pieces' other work on Hyperlight Drifter uh, as well, mm-hmm. and that that that's another great score. I don't think I've heard much from his other games that he's worked on, uh, as well as his actual real music. But yeah, there's there's uh, maybe that's why I'm so fond of it is that traditional arcade style or arcade inspired mm-hmm. score. I'm I'm a lot more fond of the soundtrack to Fez than I am the game. I don't like the game at all. It actually knocks me a bit sick with the color changing. Mm. I think I've mentioned it before on maybe another sound of play when there's been a Fez track. And yeah, the the, the high contrast color changing backgrounds just did nothing for me. I felt a little bit sick playing it. Uh, I wasn't overly won over by the game, but the soundtrack is stellar. It's interesting. He does evoke kind of an old school sound mentality, but it also incorporates a lot of distortion of the yep. instruments in um that's kind of his trademark thing and it serves as a really nice kind of companion piece for the uh, jim guthrie soundtrack to super brothers sword and sorcery ep yep. which is another one of those just really stellar i'm um, like essential soundtracks from it, early yeah, essential is exactly games. how i would describe about it. super brothers sword and sorcery essential soundtrack listening yeah this is continuum by disaster piece from fez
Now, my next track that I'm requesting is a, uh, it pairs well, I think, with the uh, previous Mario track. This is from another Nintendo game uh, from uh, Picross 3D Round 2, which I have played at least one track from before, being one of my like all-time favorite tracks before. It's a track called Mystery, if you want to look that up. I highly recommend going back to that one. Uh, but this song is called Challenge. It's composed by Yasumasa Yamada. It's just really nice. It's a uh, song that plays in the background of some of the Picross puzzles. I think most notably it plays behind all of the uh, Amiibo unlocked puzzles. And so you'll get this as you're chipping away at uh, at puzzles in the shape of Mario or Yoshi or Link, Kirby. But yeah, it's really energetic, really lively just kind of a nice like swinging jazz piece with a just tremendously lively piano setting a, a kind of a bass line in the background and a strong brass section breaking in front and a lot of solos throughout from all sorts of different instruments and oh it's just it's so invigorating <laughs> I just I really love this track do you spend a lot of time doing any kind of these mobile puzzle games on handhelds or phones or anything? If we count Marvel Puzzle Quest as a puzzle game oh, on yeah, mobile, sure. <laughs> then uh, yes, because I'm on about day 1400. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, quite a lot of time on that one, but I, Picross is a huge gap in my gaming history. Mm. I've never played a single Picross game, and mm. I don't think I've ever heard anyone say anything particularly negative about them either. And uh, this is despite owning DSs and 3DSs and DS lights uh, throughout my time. I really should get around. But, you know, too many games and especially when you're covering stuff yeah. for Kane and Rinse. So sad- sadly, I've never got around to. I always intend to. And hopefully one day I will get around to playing a Picross game. But yeah, lovely. I know you've met, you've featured it on the show before and I've listened to it then. And it, it's nice. It, it It's nice music. I think it's the kind of music that is ideal to be in the background of of a puzzle-based game. So sadly, I've got no sort of connection with the track in playing the game. But uh, yeah, I must get, I must play a Picross game. You know, I'm almost a little not mournful necessarily, uh, but it's a little disappointing that I feel like the 3DS was kind of the last great console for Picross games because I think having that stylus really makes a difference when it comes to playing games. I know that they released a Picross for the Switch, uh, Super Picross S or something like that. And um, from what I've heard, it's been getting really good word of mouth as Picross games usually do. But I just, you know, it just wouldn't feel right without that stylus. You get that extra level of control. And I've been playing a couple of Picross style games on PC as well, and I've been enjoying myself. But, you know, there's just something a little bit more tactical about playing it on the touchscreen and being able to really precisely choose where you're you're poking your little stylus <laughs> uh, that I'm going to miss. But Picross 3D Round 2 is uh, highly recommended by me. It's very different than regular Picross games. So even if you don't get on with regular Picross, which I can't imagine why somebody wouldn't. It's uh, it's probably still worth trying out because it's very different. It's a little bit more of a, I mean, it, it's in 3D, so it's a lot more kind of mental rotation tasks and stuff that you have to think through. Uh, but it's very relaxing. It's one of the games that I've 100%ed, and uh, I just really love this one. The music is wonderful all throughout, and it's a, it's a great experience. But yeah, if you're looking for a way into the series, you can get 
The Legend of Zelda Twilight Princess Picross for free from my Nintendo, if you have enough of those silver coins, which I'd imagine you probably have lying around. Or um, Pokemon Picross is also free, uh, but it has like cool down timers and kind of regular free-to-play stuff that uh, it doesn't necessarily take away that much from the game, but it certainly doesn't add much to it either. So, you know, you have free options to give you a, uh, a way into the series if you're curious to try it out. Yeah, and also there's a demo for Picross 3D Round 2 on the 3DS eShop. So no reason not to. I think it's a wonderful series that I think people will enjoy. If nothing else, let us listen to some of the music. This is Challenge from Picross 3D Round 2.
We have one track left to listen to today, but before we do that, we want to request again that you can go over to our forum at canermintscom forum, where you can uh, share with us some of your favorite video game music. We will share it here on the show, like we have done from uh, our three community contributors today who have contributed from the forum, our Twitter, at Canermintz, and our email as well. So any way that you can get in contact with us, we will eventually play your uh, favorite video game music on the show. We have a long list, so it might not be for a little while still, but we like to draw from old requests and new requests. So, you know, it's not like you're going to the end of the queue just because you're submitting now. So you never know. Might be on the very next week. I would like to thank Carl for joining me today and all of our community contributors. We always love to hear your uh, diverse tastes in music and video game experience brings us a wide variety of pieces. And Carl, you are taking us out with a an evocatively named main theme. Yes, uh, a huge surprise to everyone, I'm sure. <laughs> um, yes, this is the uh, main theme uh, of the game Dishonored from 2012, the original one. And this is by Daniel Licht, Voodoo Highway, co-pilot music and sound. The reason I chose this is because it's, it's very unsettling. It starts off, it almost missells itself as something nice and pleasing and and kind and, and, and poetic almost. And then it just takes a really dark turn. So you have this music and, and you, you, you're confident, you, you sort of understand it, it's nice. And then it'll take this dark twist and it leaves you feeling really unsettled. And it's something that perfectly matches the city of Dunwall from uh, the, from the game and uh, from anyone who remembers the original trailer with the sort of sea shanty in the background being sung hauntingly and um, I felt like it was a perfectly mirrored uh, build up and main theme to what we were to expect from Dishonored a game uh, about subterfuge and, and trickery and, and the magical and, and the mystical and I just felt like this theme summed up every feeling that I experienced playing through the game in its main theme when I listened back to it. And I just thought it was so wonderfully crafted and something that I didn't particularly pay too much attention to before I played it. And I felt like it matched the game incredibly well after I've played it, uh, which is quite rare for me when I when I play a game that, that suddenly I'll acknowledge the music as considerably better after uh, because it, it, it was perfectly tonal to, to the experience and I, I just thought Dishonored was a, a wonderful game and, and sadly uh, although we have played music from Dishonored 2 uh, not something that um, that did it for me in the same way that the first game did and um, though this wasn't my first choice for a main theme uh, on the show uh, that was actually Icarus from Deus Ex Human Revolution that's already been on the show and I thought I would give three original outings so yeah this is the main theme uh, of Dishonored Cool. Well, let us listen to that. Thank you for joining us, and we will see you next week. <laughs> 